So welcome to Sana Talks to People and Sometimes Yourself. Today, I'm joined with two uh, wonderful, lovely hosts, uh, co-hosts with me, um, Andrew and Michael. Hello, hello. Hello, greetings. I guess we're like the... <laughs> greetings from the planet Deven- Earth. We're the Deven- <laughs> The Avengers. So the topic for today is divorce talk. Um, as all all three of us have been through a divorce, we're and, like the divorce uh, Avengers. Divorce Avengers. 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 Right? Yeah. I'm like Iron Man of the divorce Avengers. <laughs> Which one are you, Sana? Which Avenger? Are you? Which Avenger am I? Oh man, that's a that would take some time for me to answer. <laughs> I will have a list of five and okay. the pros and cons for each. Which one are you, Andrew? <laughs> Whichever one's the oldest. Whichever one's the oldest. Um, is that what defines you? Is that what you think is the wisdom? Well, then that's Captain America. Or, yeah, it'd be Captain America. Because Captain America's like 100 years old. So you're Steve Rogers? So you're Steve Rogers. That would be me. <laughs> who, who would I be based on what you know about Black me? Widow. Fine, I'll be Black Widow. Okay, cool. So we're, we're the or Defenders. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch has no powers. Black Widow is boring, though. Yeah. Do you want to have powers or you just want to be regular? I want to. I want to have powers. And then, and then Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I want to be so. super powerful like her. Scarlet Witch. Um, so uh, now the adventures. <laughs> so the point of today's talk is is really uh, we're just chatting, right? As three Absolutely. people who've been through it, um, I I do have a set of questions I'll be asking you, and you'll. I would like to hear from all of you. So I know Andrew and I previously did a podcast titled "Love and Loss." where we both spoke in detail about our marriage uh, and and parting our divorce as well. So I, I am really interested to hear Michael's take as well, especially well, I, your, actually, your story. Actually, right? I listened to y'all's and yours got, you're like, like I said, I was a big fan. Loved both of your stories, especially Andrew's. Andrew's was a really great story, really like loving story. Yeah. I was like, damn, I wish my story was that romantic. I know. It, it was g- not. It gave me the feels. It like, gave me the feels. Right? I was like, damn, that sounds like, <laughs> like a movie almost, like a romantic comedy. Mine was not, is not that way, but... Um, so you guys kind of set the bar, so I got to like... <laughs> there's, there's no like, competition. There is, there's, there's, no, it's actually not with divorce. There is no competition, actually, I shouldn't say that. But no, I am excited to hear these questions and all that jazz as well and give my perspective on how my divorce was and all that. Because I think my divorce situation is a little bit different than yours. Yeah. Yeah, so... Okay. Well, uh, yeah, so uh, let's start with the first question. It was mm-hmm. basically how it started, right? Like how it started and... I'll obviously give a very short summary and Andrew, you can do the same because if anyone wants to listen to those details, you can check out our podcast, uh, Love and Loss. Um, but I still want to want a short summary though. So, but starting with you, Michael, like how it started, how did you meet your spouse? Oh, ex-spouse? Okay. So unlike you guys, where you guys actually met your spouses in person and all that, I met my spouse online. So I met her through POF. Oh. And, and for uh, those that don't know what that is, it's plenty of fish. It's an online they, dating platform. Or they call it plenty of freaks. That's another thing <laughs> to call it as as well. Oh, that's not nice. I disagree. No, I no. It's, it, well, I have mixed feelings about POF. <laughs> um, but, uh, so um, it, I met her, I believe it was Halloween 2008. And um, we kind of, we went on the first date the next day. Um, after that, I was like really into her. So I was young. I was 24 when I met her. And I was very impulsive, and I asked her to be my girlfriend. That after, after the date, first date, after the first date. Wow. Okay. So then, from the first date until we split, we were in a relationship. So there was no courting, there was no building, nothing. We just went balls to the wall in a relationship. <laughs> I was young and very impulsive. I'm not like that now. How long did you date before you married? So we were together about two and a half years before we got married. Um, so we got married October. 
I believe it was in mid-October 2011. It was when okay. I was in school. That's what I remember. Um, and then we split. We were both, We were together for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, we split. I ended up ending things with her around June 2013. Um, filed for the divorce around, I want to say, August, September 2013. So you, you married uh, two and a half years yes. after dating. Um, <laughs> we're we're married for two years. Yes. Okay. Actually, but you know what? Actually, one thing I should preface. It was kind of doomed because our marriage certificate technically didn't go through for the first year. So the first year, we technically weren't even married. Aww, so that's the show. That's that, sad, yeah. right? As, as couples, like looking back, yeah. we wanted to be married. Right? Yeah, because we found out kind of randomly. Um, I don't know how we found out. I don't remember. But I came home. Max is like, um, yeah, we're not technically married. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Oh, no. I was like, what is that? I don't know what that means. She's like, oh, well, I guess it didn't go to, to like, the, it didn't get fish, uh, the official. So you wanted to then through. marry before, like, yeah. so it would have been within a year that you would have gotten married. Yeah, like, yeah. So then we had to get our best man and maid of honor to sign some documents and had to send it back in. And then it was official at that point. Oh. But the first year we were not technically married. Hey. Which is very weird. I never Yeah, that like, is. It's just, that's. Technicality, I guess. Technicality, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so how was your marriage? If you could just define, describe if I describe it. Describe it in one word. Um, Actually, challenging. Challenging. Okay. So let's hold that thought. Yeah. So we got a little timeline from you in terms of yeah, you met sure. your ex-spouse on Plenty of Fish. Correct. You know, you dated for about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. You could have been married within the that period, but you weren't. But, we were but then you were married for two more years. True. And um, okay. Uh, and that's interesting. And Andrew, uh, if, you can just run through us like how you met. <laughs> well, I don't know because we uh, knew each other before we can remember um, knowing each other. That's so far back we go. Uh, we were best friends as kids. And, um, you know, I moved away to the other side of the country. We kept in touch through letters up until we were about 16. We lost touch. About 16 letters, we reconnected. And one very important detail I forgot in my previous story, um, I had said that I had written to a gentleman with her brother's name when I was trying to reach out to her and he was living in Markham. That actually wasn't her brother. That was her father's cousin, it turned out to be, who had the same name as the brother. So, uh, yeah, so that was a big part of the story I forgot to mention. And he took several weeks to forward the the letter on to... uh, onto my ex's father who of course <laughs> gave it onto her um so anyway so uh yeah we did reconnect and uh we started long distance dating i was living up about four and a half hours north of toronto at the time and i was going back and forth by train i was looking for work here and then finally found a job uh we moved in together we got engaged later that year uh got married about 11 months later um, and we had a great marriage uh, until the end, of course. Um, again, I'm not going to go into what happened. But um, again, we were married 10 years to the day of the final divorce. Court papers wow. were signed on what would have been our actual 10th anniversary, October 16th, uh, 2014. Oh, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Okay. That's, again, very different than you know what we yeah, went through. Much different. Okay, so here here's another different take. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, for me, I met my um, ex husband uh, during university. So I was in third year. Um, he was actually in first year. Mm. So he was uh, quite just a few years younger than me, three years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was just 
<laughs> I, living in a very conservative culture and right. household where you haven't really the concept of someone dating you in that way or having interest is very it's frowned upon yeah so I suppressed it for the longest time <laughs> until like it was very obvious he liked me and everyone's like he likes you and I was uh -huh. like oh my gosh somebody likes me that way what <laughs> and I was just I was over the moon right. so I'm just like that's it so I'm gonna put my heart into this so I actually that's how it was uh mm. for the first time I think in my life I felt ready to love someone back because I wasn't ready before um okay. Again, culturally speaking, that's a whole different topic. Yeah. I just, I never thought I was worthy of it and all those issues. But mm -hmm. finally in my life, I thought, okay, I'm ready to love someone back. So we dated for about three years and we got married. Um, now we got married because I was like, I don't want to cohabitate. So we're going to have to marry when you move in with me. So uh, I was that jerk who did that, who kind of like, I think I wasn't sure where I belonged. And this is the struggle of when you've grown up around the world and you don't have a lot of values, uh, strict values or limitations that you're, or rules for yourself. So for me, it was hard. So I am, um, Anyway, so I, I imposed that on him. So, mm. you know, we, we ended up marrying. I think he must have been 21. I was 24 Damn. when we signed the papers. And we mar were married for five years um, until we split up. Mm. And yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's our story. Oh, okay. <laughs> and in, so in, the next question is, how is the marriage? And Mike, when I asked you, you said, if I could use one word to describe it, it oh, would be challenging. challenging. Okay, so I guess for me, um, my ex-wife was actually like my first real relationship that I could say that I was actually in. Same, yeah. That's I had cool. never been in an actual relationship. Dating, longer. like romantic yeah, so relationship. Because I, I remember when I hit the six-month mark, I had like a damn near panic attack. I'm like, this is the <laughs> longest I've been in a relationship. Oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> um, so, but it was... Somebody help me. Somebody help me, give me advice, please. <laughs> um, so there was a lot of anxiety and fear there, right? Yeah. And. Um, she was very insecure in throughout our, basically our whole relationship into our marriage. She just wasn't trusting. She didn't like that. I was, uh, she didn't want me going out with friends. <laughs> she wanted me, uh, meeting, like going out, like being out with girls was like a definite no. Like wow. this podcast would not exist. Really? I would not be able to do this podcast with you if we were still married. So you could not but, have friends from the no. opposite gender. It's, no. Wow. No. So, uh, and when I did, she had a problem with them. So there was that. Okay. Um, so, but I didn't know how to handle it because I, this is, I'm again, I'm, you, you know, cause I thought it was a normal thing. I thought that just, that's how girls were in relationships until I would talk to my friends and like, no, Mike, I can hang with my friends. It's okay. I'm like, really? You guys get to hang with your friends? Like, yeah, Mike, you can hang with friends. And I'm like, oh, and I never really just realized that. So that was kind of the hard thing. Cause I didn't really, I was stuck. And then like, again, my, some of my friendships with my friends deteriorated, like my good friend, Christian, me and him kind of didn't have a falling out, but we kind of grew apart because she didn't like him. And I was in this weird position where I was caught between my best friend, who's like my brother and my ex oh, no. and my wife. And I, I didn't know what to do. So, and I ended up kind of choosing her. Um, so if I, I don't really like looking back on regret, but if there's one thing I wish I did differently is I wish I put my foot down with that. Yeah. Cause she didn't even want him at the wedding and that, and I put my foot down then. Yeah. Cause she didn't want him there. But did he come to the wedding? Oh no, he did. He, I, I, no, I said, can we, I, we cussed, I cussed her out for that. Can I, so are you still in touch? Were you ever able to rekindle yeah, that me and relationship him, with him? Well, kind of. I mean, me and him spoke actually a few weeks ago. Like, oh. well, he hit me up. He was trying to um, 
talking about some stuff. Um, so it was good to reconnect with him because I was actually surprised. I didn't even know his damn number. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but he's doing good now and me and him reconnected. And that's always going to be my brother. Just, I I feel bad that I allowed someone else to interfere in that because yeah, of their insecurities way. with me because she had no real rational reason to not like him. Yeah. And it kind of drove a wedge between me and him because then I'm like, uh, do I hang with him? Do I want him at the house? Because yeah. if I have him at the house, she can't be there because if she's there, he's going to feel all uncomfortable. I don't want him to be uncomfortable. So it was just this, it was not a good situation. It's a terrible position to be in. Yeah. And as someone like, I mean, I value friendships so much. I I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have my friends. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think yeah. that everyone's different. Like some people have that love and, you know, they have their communities, whether mm-hmm. let's say if you're on the swim team or if you're part of the comic book club or whatever it is, yeah. you end up developing communities. But for people that aren't part of little clubs or don't have family traditions and so forth, those individual friendships mean so much yeah. because they provide so much um love and support and 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 mm-hmm. wisdom and, and we're social beings we Absolutely. need those relationships Absolutely. so i can't even imagine someone telling me you have to choose your best friend or <laughs> yeah and i'll never do that again so i'm, not, I'm glad who is listening to this who thinks that they can uh, i don't know i'll tell them no. so well it goes back to everybody i think it's not just like women it's well, not, right it's like everybody like you know yeah. this is a a very rational thing to do it mm-hmm. is to accept individuals and and, and know what, who their relationships are because i would are. never do that yeah. with someone i would exactly. never tell someone well you've only dated me for six months but you got to choose between me and the person you've known all your life yeah that just sounds weird to me yeah <laughs> um, thanks for, yeah, <laughs> thanks no for sharing. um what about you um andrew what um how how would you describe your marriage? So if you can describe it in one word and then expand on that. <laughs> like You know what in all honesty, when you asked Mike that earlier, um, and the first thing that came to my mind in all honesty when I was talking about my marriage is just the word cool. Uh, we had a really great uh, marriage, to tell you the truth. It was very relaxed. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, we were lovers, we were friends, we were partners, we were everything. And we got along really, really well. Um, and again, we never had any fights. We had arguments, but we never had fights. Uh, we had a lot of respect for each other. Uh, we had a lot of differences, but we had a lot of similarities. And because we had that long-standing relationship going back to the Stone Age, uh, uh, being kids... Um, I think that helped uh, facilitate it a lot too, because we did have that background. We did have that common ground. Um, and even though we were different people as adults than we were as kids, um, there were, there were still elements of what we had in the past. Um, and she was just very, really laid back and easygoing for the most part. Uh, you know, if she ever got frustrated, it was with other things, not with me. Um, and I knew how to kind of cool her down and she knew how to pick me up uh you know so we complimented each other really really well um and it's funny that uh mike was talking about friends uh as i said uh i had moved back to toronto um after she and i had been long distance dating for a while so when i came here i didn't know anybody and i've always been very shy i'm not good at making friends because i'm very reserved i'm a wallflower i'm more rather listen than talk um and of course it doesn't 
help that I'm not a social drinker or anything like that. And that kind of <laughs> gets you excluded, right? Everyone wants to go out and drink and you're like, well, what the exactly. So, um, so she, you know, that never became an issue with us. Uh, mm. you know, we spent so much time together. She had her friends, which was great. Uh, and we hung out with them. And then when I went to college, when I was 40, um, uh, I started making friends because I was around them every day. And, she was very supportive of that, but at the same time, I could imagine that was very difficult for her because all of a sudden, her husband that she had pretty much to herself was now branching out and meeting other people. And uh, it wasn't that I was just spending excessive time away from her with my friends, but of course, when you're at college, you tend to spend more time with them than you do your spouse. Mm-hmm. And then you bring that home with you, you know you talk about it and then there are phone calls and uh, this sort of thing. So um, I can imagine that must've been difficult for her, even though she was fully supportive of that. And it was about that time that things started kind of falling apart for us. And, and I don't know if that had anything to do with it in terms of the mutual friends I was making. I think it was more or less that I was spending a lot of time on college and she was so used to me being with her all the time. And that started creating a, a crack in the foundation a little bit, but uh, yeah, we had a really great relationship in all honesty. Um, I have no regrets. I have nothing bad to say about it. Um, I will still speak fondly of her today. Um, and yeah, so again, the word I would use is cool. Wow. That's amazing. A lot better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> again, no competition. This isn't a competition. It is kind of a I win. It is. It is. It's all on my mind. I win. <laughs> I win. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's a really good thing actually that you guys had to be really able to stop a cool relationship actually for 10 years too that's because yeah. it's very rare right so I mean, that's, mm-hmm. credit, that's to, and that's the, credit to him and the, the relationship that they had right so i, I mean I, i'm trying to i was going over the years that everyone's been married but then at the same time it's not just that it's how long have you been romantically involved right yeah. so for for all of us it's, it's interesting it's very very different it's yes. like you have someone that has Plus, how many years, Andrew? Over. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm five thirty-seven, so uh, we're talking over five hundred years of friendship. <laughs> over five hundred years of friendship. Yes. Um, Captain for, America, right there. Steve Rogers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael, with like five years, right? Yeah, I would yeah. say about five. Five. Yeah. And for me, uh, I would say eight to nine. Eight, yeah. That's not so something, something around there. So mine's the shortest, obviously. Um, I was, the mo- but I, in fairness, I was the most impulsive out of you two. So yeah, <laughs> you you may think that you don't know. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm assuming I was the most impulsive. <laughs> um, if I were to describe my mm-hmm. marriage in one word, uh, it would be inconsistent. Mm. Mm. That was the word. Wow, uh, and. Reason being is we didn't really have a good foundation to start the marriage. Uh, first and foremost, I was pressuring him to introduce me to the family after three years of dating. This family? Yeah. Because I was like, hey, I want to get to know your family. Like, why am I being kept aside? And I had, growing up, again, a lot of self-esteem issues. Right. So self-confidence. And I, I really liked when boyfriends would be like, meet my friends, meet my family. And I wanted to feel included. Gotcha. Um, and also maybe because I didn't have good family relationships myself. So I, I that whole held a bigger, uh, it was like a, a token of respect, an accolade for me. <clears throat> so when that didn't happen, I things started to get a bit sour. So, cause I was like, well, you don't like me, you don't respect me. And so I, I pushed and I feel like I pushed and I pushed. And by the time that 
Um, and his family didn't like my family because we were a different denomination of Islam. Mm. So I wasn't really treated with a lot of respect. Oh, wow. Um, mm. They were actually very uh, the very rude to me. Um, at one point, I remember we were dressed up and we were going somewhere and, and the mother was pointing and laughing at me at how short I was. Oh, wow. Um, and like I'm five feet and my ex-husband was 6'3". So I know there was a big difference in her height. Yeah. But, you know, coming from someone that already didn't support me, it, it really broke my heart. Yeah, and, of course. and even our marriage, like I dragged my feet to get us to marry and he, his parents didn't want us to. So they would not, they'd be ignoring uh, until I wow. gave him an ultimatum and I said, I'm breaking up with you. And he said, okay, fine, let's book something. So even that day, my family, my mother was dressed up, even though my mother didn't agree, my brothers were angry at me, but my mother and brother said to them, are you, do you want to have lunch? And their family's like, no, we have other commitments. Wow. So this was like the day of the wedding. So I didn't get, I didn't get a hug. I didn't get any feeling of celebrating. And, and now this couple now moves in, right? With all this hostility yeah. uh, between um, families at least that's how I felt. I didn't feel welcomed. I felt pretty like there's something wrong with me. And I didn't, I resented the fact that he never stood up for me. Yeah. So when his mom right. would make, make fun of me and I think I, there was once an incident where I was at his home. It was after like our honeymoon was like going to Guelph and like being in a motel and eating like cakes from metro or something like that <laughs> that was our honeymoon hey, right? metro wow. i know it was great I, i'm just kind of saying yeah, like, no, i never I had you. high expectations yeah. i never wanted i never got a diamond ring i never imposed anything yeah. but i felt mm. like what i got was kind of odd so, so so for someone that already struggled with those issues yeah. thinking that oh i deserve this or this mm -hmm. is normal so now coming into a marriage there was a lot of anger from me, right. a lot of anger from me. And my ex-husband, bless his heart, was a very easygoing, very passive guy, obviously, because he didn't stand up for me either. Yeah, He's like, fights? No, I'm not going to do anything. Well, I'm just in the middle yeah, of like, yeah. Switzerland here. Exactly. Yeah. Super easygoing, super passive. And I'd, I actually don't like that in a sense that because if you can't stand up for something, then you don't have no backbone, right? If you, you can't stand for nothing, then you fall for everything. Exactly. Oh, there you go. Is that a quote? Who's that by? Um, it's a rapper named Freeway. He said that. <laughs> Nice. So credit to him. Freeway? Freeway. Freeway. Philadelphia Freeway. Philadelphia Freeway. Um, so it was very inconsistent in that I was, there was a lot of anger from me and he didn't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And now at 21, he is, and I had to, don't have a job. I'm looking for a job. So he felt pressure to be the breadwinner. Yeah. And so for him, it was just like, wow, I have all this responsibility. I didn't sign up for this. I wasn't ready for this. What, WTF. <laughs> and then there's a wife going, yippee, I'm married. I'm yeah. so happy. I have a marriage. So when we divorced, he actually said, I never felt married. And that really hurt me. So I was like, I felt married. Right. Um, but he just wasn't there. And I don't blame him. I think I guess it's just the circumstances and how things evolved. Did it take you um, a while to get over to the to that place where you didn't blame him, or did you blame them? Oh, it yeah. took me a long time to <laughs> not blame him. Yeah. I think um, after I would say we were married for five right. and I like known him for eight. So mm -hmm. I think until the fourth year, third, we always talked about it. Like he said, you know, I want to grow. I want, I feel like I want to grow because I settled down too fast. 
So he we, he always talked about the sabbatical, like where I'm going to go. And, and I already knew he wasn't in it, right. right? Based on the way he was acting. So when he brought up that sabbatical issue, I said, who are we kidding? This is a separation. Yeah. We need to address it what it is. It's a separation. It's not a sabbatical. It's not, I can't do this anymore because I want someone that's committed. I want someone that wants to be with me. So if you think I've spent five years with you already, we've helped each other out. Like he helped me through college. I helped him through college. Now we were both sort of independent in our own ways, right? So we helped each other out a lot mm -hmm. until he said, Sana, I'm ready. And that's when I was like, all right, fly away, bird. And it was hard. It was so yeah. hard. But at that time, at that time, I'd forgiven him. Oh. I think. So I think it only started. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So <laughs> I guess I kind of, yeah, touched on the next point, which was how it ended, right? How it oh, ended. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. So for me, he was like, I'm ready. Um, and he had wet feet and I felt like I had to encourage him. No, this is what you wanted. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah, and oh, it was so hard because I really, I, he was a great partner. He really was. He was fantastic in all the ways. I think he loved me the best way that he knew how to at mm -hmm. the time. So gotcha. I don't blame him for being... <laughs> wrapped up in all this, uh, you know, yeah. this is one of the reasons why I didn't want to love in the first place. Look, it's hard. But then hard. like, but I love his heart. It's always hard. It's, um, it's always hard. Uh, but going back to you, Mike. So, so how did mine end? Yeah. So, um, so I guess I got to preface it. Like I, after me and my ex, um, after I graduated from college, um, me and my ex, I went to Cuba for okay. a vacation. Actually, like on our, technically our honeymoon. Okay. They really have a, we went to Chicago for our honeymoon. Okay. which really wasn't kind of a honeymoon. So that was kind of our honeymoon. Um, so then we came back. We what, went up, what is a honeymoon then if Chicago wasn't a honeymoon? Because I'm sure... It was just like a trip out of town okay. just to get out of the city for a bit, I guess. So what What does a honeymoon have to be for you to call it a honeymoon? I don't know. I guess, you know, people like, you know, like vacationing and just drinking. You chilling. have to drip honey over, under sure. the moon, right? Sure. That's what they call it. I mean, I don't really care, but <laughs> okay. I guess that's what people do, define it as. So I'm just trying to understand, like, when you said Chicago, that wasn't, but Cuba was. I, guess, I felt like, saying? I guess for her, she felt more Cuba was than okay. Chicago. Okay. Even though literally Chicago was like literally right after our wedding. Okay. So, um, so we came back, we went up, she, her family lived up North. So we went up North for a few days and 2012 was a very hard year for me because my dad had passed. One of my good friends was murdered in his home. Oh my goodness. So I was wow. not in the best space in 2012. Jeez. Of course. And so my goal in 2013 was to make sure I was trying to probably be the best husband everything to her that was mm -hmm. kind of my mindset and um we had gotten into an argument where she basically accused me of doing stuff i wasn't doing with a friend that i went to school with who had actually made her a wedding gift oh and at that point i had to then think to myself okay michael how long are you going to do this for how long are you going to stay in this marriage for and i never got to that point i never thought i'd get to that point so that was a hard thing for me. So I kind of stuck it out for a few months. And the last time you and her intimate, she had basically said to me she wasn't happy. And um, the next day I talked to my mother, good old mom, and uh, she gave me probably the best advice. She had said, you know, Mike, you've been through a lot of stuff in your life. You've been through a lot of stuff. And the one thing you need to put a premium on is being happy. And just hearing you talk right now, you don't even kind of sound happy. So you need to figure out what the hell you need to do to get yourself happy. And this kudos is to mama. I know kudos to mama. Shout out to my mother. Uh, so this was on, I remember this was on a Monday because yeah. I had asked. So then I kind of just chilled for like two days. And um, I remember the Wednesday, I kind of was just thinking, 
I'm not happy. Like I'm not happy. Mm. And I thought about maybe go to counseling, but if I was going to go to counseling as a counselor, I would only be going for her. Mm. I wouldn't be going because I cared about the marriage staying or wanted to be, I would be doing it just to appease her. Mm. And I knew that. And for me, and I'm a very laid back and chill person too. Yeah, I know that. But when I reach my point and I reach my limit with something or someone, I'm done with you. And at that point I was done. You know, I wasn't perfect in the marriage. I don't want to see her and act like I was perfect and she was just a maniac. But what I will say is this. I take responsibility for our marriage failing because I did certain things in the marriage that caused it to fail. Mm -hmm. I don't take all the responsibility. The problem that I had is that she bashed me to everybody. Mm -hmm. Basically said I was a piece of garbage. I was this, I was that, everybody. Because I had friends who told me, oh, she was saying all this stuff about you. So like the day when I asked for the divorce, I just basically said, I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. She didn't take it well. Of course. And I apologized to her. I said, you know what? I haven't been a good husband to you. My communication was bad enough. I say the one thing that made marriage, how it failed was because I failed at communicating how I felt with her because I let a lot of things with her that she would say and even accusing me of cheating. Mm-hmm. I let it slide. I was like, oh, just you know, that's she is. interesting you brought, mm-hmm. bring that up. Yeah. I remember reading something about, I, I, I don't know if it was a divorce attorney or a marriage counselor, but it was someone that had... <laughs> had worked <laughs> with couples and relationships their right. whole life. Mm. And they were saying the, the piece of advice, well, what they learned was marriages fail. It's, it's this lack of communication. The minute communication dies, it's over. Yes. It's over. And, and, and if you think about it with a relationship, it's, it's like that too. No so, relationship worth its yeah. salt is going to last if you can't communicate with your partner. Yeah, of course. And mine, yeah, they failed because I just let things slide. So when I, so it was kind of tough. Because I still was living with her for the first, for the last month that we were together. So we're still living. So the first two weeks, we argued every day for two weeks, every day. So imagine 14 days of arguing. She'd come home or I'd come home. She'd look at me a certain way, want to fight with me. And then we had a conversation and then we kind of were at peace in some degree. And the thing is, when I left, I was happy. That's when I knew I had no regrets. I wasn't looking back thinking, oh, maybe I made a mistake. And again, mind you, I didn't have a job. I was staying at my mom's place in East York. It was kind of this rundown apartment. Like I didn't have any plan or no idea. I just finished school, didn't didn't have any work experience. So I didn't have any plan. It was, yeah. She thought I had this planned out. If I had it planned out, I, I'm a terrible planner because I didn't have none of this planned out. Yeah. It was just something that I had to do at that time. And looking back on it now, I don't have any regrets. I would have regretted if I... I I probably shouldn't have stayed as long as I did. Mm. I probably should have conveyed that to her that I wasn't happy and I wanted to maybe separate earlier. Mm-hmm. That's the only regret I have, if I have any regrets. But beyond that, I don't. So that's kind of how I, mine ended. I share, um, I share that a lot, that mm-hmm. the whole not wanting to, like I wish that I communicated these things earlier. Right. And just to add in a little things that I think were important, like I'm just going to chime in um, from my side too is, is, you know, when you get married, you obviously are living with this person, but both of you are going to grow. Absolutely. Both of you are going to change yes. and, and life is going to throw things at Absolutely. you. You're, and both of you are going to have to be good pitchers and batters. Like mm. you're going to have to work in harmony. Yeah. And if you can't coordinate that, then there's no point of ha- being in a relationship because it's never going to just be perfect. Yeah. So that's something that I've learned in, mm-hmm. in looking other people's relationships to in my own and analyzing it to say that, you know, life is going to throw you curveballs. Things will change. But what's going to matter is how you react to that. Yeah. So for, for my marriage, like 
I'm not going to obviously repeat what I already said, but, you know, I struggled with uh, finding a job, you know, because um, in the beginning after my undergrad and I had health problems mm-hmm. and I had um, something called endometriosis, which I'll speak about in a separate podcast, but that really affected my marriage. Like just, I couldn't eat anything. And for half the time I'd be like in these crippling pain. Mm. And it was like almost, almost like an autoimmune condition. Um, so I don't, and my partner didn't know how to deal with it. Of course. And of course, and we had communication issues. Yeah. So just like what you said, like I didn't communicate those things. Mm. I felt that he didn't right. like, he didn't say it. He didn't say it, didn't say it. And I would try to bring it out of him. Like, let's talk. We got to talk it out. And I felt a bit too exhausted by the end because <laughs> yeah. I was getting sick of always being the yeah, one that is just it. like instigating and whatever, yeah. whatever. So I think the onus is on both parties. Right. And at the yes. end of the day, both parties take responsibility for the dissolution of the marriage should absolutely no matter what happened i i still firmly believe that it takes it takes two absolutely unless the other person like just um uh, plugged your ears gave you a blindfold <laughs> you have something in your mouth and said you're gonna sit here now and they the, and they didn't just like <laughs> and that's how they interacted <laughs> only then can you say you know what it was them i yeah. could not do anything my hands were tied literally I i'm agree. sorry um, so I think, you know, we all have uh, some responsibility and I, I, thanks Mike for bringing that yeah, up, no you know, no um, so going, going back to you, um, Andrew, in terms of, um, how it ended. Uh, well, I touched upon it earlier that it started, the cracks in the foundation started when I went to college because it was so demanding. It was such a demanding program that it took up so much of my time. And, uh, you know, all credit to her, she took over so many things that we used to do together, you know, uh, all the responsibilities around the house, etc. while I was devoted to my studies. And uh, again, I know it was hard for her not having me around so much being, you know, in front of my books and the computer all the time doing my work. And I didn't like it either. Of course, uh, I missed her and, and I missed spending time with her. And, and there was that disconnect, of course. Um, and again, I give all credit to her for how well she handled it for the most part. Um, but then again, she started looking for outside resources to, um, I guess, uh, uh, to find entertainment or interest or companionship, what have you. And, uh, as time was going on, um, she had taken a trip to Barbados, which is where her family's from. And she went on her own because I was still in school and she came back And we had a long talk about things, you know, she brought it up to me. She told me how she was feeling, what she was going through. And I got that. And I listened to everything she said. And I said, you know, what? you're right. I've been putting way too much time into my studies. Uh, There's really no need for it. I've just been being too much of a perfectionist. Um, So let me tone it back. Let me, and then let's get back on track. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm such a wonderful guy here, but true to my word, I did that. I put in the effort to make sure I wasn't, putting so much effort into my studies and I was giving her more time. And, um, by the end of the, uh, the program, I had finished everything. We went off to our favorite spot, uh, Algonquin park. There's a resort outside of that. And we went there for a weekend and, um, right away I knew that there was an issue because she was constantly checking her phone. And so I knew she had made some friends online that she had been communicating with while I was in college. And this was supposed to be our weekend. And the phone kept coming out. The phone kept coming out. And I started getting a little concerned right there. And as time went on, even though I was out of school now and I was working, 
um, and I was devoting more time, she was still stuck in being stuck to her phone and her online friends and this sort of thing. Um, and again, I'm not going to go into the details, but she, um, well, before I get there, I had the same talk with her that she had had with me a few months earlier. I told her how I was feeling, what I was going through, and she half acknowledged it and said, okay, well, you know, this will change. I'll do this. I'll do this. But that never happened. And that was really difficult for me because when she had had that talk with me, I had pledged to make the changes and I did them. When I had the same talk with her a few months later, I got empty promises, basically, and nothing happened. As a matter of fact, things got worse. Um, so anyway, um, not long after, she made some decisions, which, again, I'm not going to go into, but it put me in a very difficult spot that can I stay with this or do I need to go? Um, and so I had moved into the lower uh, portion of our house. She was up at the top end. I was in the bottom end because I just couldn't be in the same room with her at the time. And I took several weeks to really go back and forth and think about this because this was someone, again, I knew, I'd known pretty much all my, my entire life. I wasn't ready to just throw that away. But then I also realized there was a trust factor here. And I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it. And I had some talks with some friends of mine. And through one talk with one particular friend, I realized, and she, she didn't lead me to this. It was through what I was saying to her, I realized I couldn't trust her anymore. Mm. And so I ended the phone call and I went upstairs into the bedroom where she was and I sat her down and I told her that I needed to move on. And uh, it, it was, of course, the worst, most difficult decision I ever had to make in my life. I was throwing away my entire life relationship with this person at the time. And, uh, you know, it, it still hurts, of course, to this day, um, but it's part of life. And so um, we did get separated shortly after our eighth anniversary. And um, I moved out a few weeks later. And uh, there we go. Wow. Uh, that must have been so tough to just go to the room and to see that. Can only imagine the kind of courage that it takes. I don't even think I'd have that courage. I'm such a feely person, like feely, like with relationships with my romantic ones. I will go through anything, I think, <laughs> until like maybe my hands cut off and be like, you know what? I think this is not good for me. Yeah, I think this is not. So, like, um, there needs to be some bloodshed for me to say, hold on a second, something is wrong. But good for you, for Andrew, for standing up. And, and oh, my goodness, like, I understand what you said, you know, that I felt like I was throwing away my whole life, the relationship, because yeah. you've known this person pretty much your whole life. Jeez. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was not easy to come up with those words when I went upstairs to the bedroom. I, I was really choking on the words. That's how difficult it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um and obviously you know at the end we make decisions that are for the best you know uh we want to be happy and and it takes a lot of maturity it takes a lot of confidence maturity and not just i think looking out for you but in a way we're also doing a favor to our partner mm -hmm. because if we're not happy then why are we staying with them because they're not getting the best of us too no. right if we truly believe that both of us deserve love in, in a in a healthy manner then then we need to be honest with each other. 
time. So it, it's kind of like an act of self uh, care, but also an act of generosity to the other person to say, you know what, I'm I'm going to free you. You don't need this because I don't need this. I don't want this. You you don't deserve that love either. Exactly. Right? No, I agree. I don't um, agree with that. Uh, so obviously that's the hard part, right? Talking about like, uh, we went through full circle, right? Like we how we started, how it was, how it ended. Yeah. Um, now I do want to focus on, so I have like three more questions. Um, what I learned from it. So that's the first one. Uh, because now we're talking like the aftermath, right? Yeah, of course. Um, and this is really the the bread and butter of, <laughs> or the meat and potatoes of what we're, uh, is it meat and, and potatoes? The and the salad. And the salad. Actually, yeah, as an emerging vegan, plant-based person, I, I should be saying the smoothie of the... <laughs> some Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. Swiss chard in there. Swiss chard. I'll, I keep them going. I love vegetables. Um, you know, I was t- telling someone, okay, this is a bit off topic, exactly. but I just want to share this. The yeah. other day I was telling um, uh, Austin, I was saying, you know what I love? I The way people talk about steak, like I remember getting some asparagus and corn, making them and having them. <laughs> With my knife and my oh, fork, so that's your... and I was I was drooling over that. I was like, "Oh, this is the best!" Just having my beautiful pink plate <laughs> with the asparagus and the corn, and it was simple. It was so it was, it was they weren't even spiced. I had like butter and salt. I think that was it. Pepper, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> So, so asparagus is your steak, essentially. Asparagus and corn are like my steak. That's give, your steak. Give that to me in a plate. That is like just, your porterhouse. Yeah, exactly. Okay. With butter and, and salt. And oh, <laughs> I'm going to be so happy and giddy. You're a cheap steak. <laughs> <laughs> I am, for the record. Jeez, that's good, though. It's not a bad thing. I guess to your question for what I learned. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, like, I, I'm still learning. I'm still, it's like ongoing, right? Because I think... At that time, what I learned is kind of my, I guess a little bit of my deal breakers, what I, what I don't want in a world, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of, because before I met Mike, like I said, I didn't really know what I wanted in a woman. I didn't know what personality, as long as a girl liked me yeah. and wanted to date me, that was it. Hey, same piece. High That's five. It. High fives. That's it. <laughs> that was my, that was my, that was what I needed. My check Must like me. That was like my check Yes. Likes me, wants to date me. Sure. <laughs> doesn't matter if she could be a serial killer. Doesn't matter. <laughs> So now at That's that, like the Backstreet Boys song, as long as you love me, as long I don't as care who you love, are, what, what you, you did, did where you're from, as long as you love me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a great song. We're going to sing that karaoke. Um, so yeah, that's what I, I think that's the biggest thing is just kind of learning in terms of um, what I don't want in a woman. Hmm. So when I started venturing out into dating after divorce, which was a nightmare, a little bit of a nightmare, only because I didn't realize that that's like a real deal breaker to some women what they divorces yeah they don't like divorcees i had at least three women i remember this is this was early in 2015 which is a weird year this all happened where um i was talking to women everything was cool yeah we're clicking everything was great and then i think i they had so i told them they were i was divorced and they their their tone with me changed what what was what did they say did they say so two of them specifically said um their whole rationale for not wanting to deal with me because i was divorced is that they don't want to date a guy who's already kind of been down the road that they eventually want to go down. So in their mind, they think I'd probably be sick of it or bored of it. They just were assuming that. Right. Actually getting to know me. Mm. So hold on, hold on. So yeah. uh, let's back it up a bit. Let's so you're up. saying they don't want 
to go down a road that they'd already been on. That I've you know, been on. The first thought in my head was like, you mean the road to divorce? Facts. So they're like, I don't want my, I want my divorce being fresh. I don't yes. want no secondhand divorce. Because I guess like, what they're saying is they don't, don't, they would want to be with the guy who's never been married so they can experience marriage together. It's almost like this whole virgin concept, listen, right? It's your first it, time, so it's got to be good. Like, I'm not saying it makes any sense. I'm okay. just saying what they told <laughs> Sorry, I'm no, just okay. I'm trying no. to wrap my head around wrap it. Wrap your head, just, wrap it around. It, it sounds a little ridiculous. It does, and, and of course I'm going to be. It is. it is, and I, I, of course, you can say all of us have this bias because we're all divorcees, right? In quotations. Devengers. Devengers. <laughs> we're all yeah. divorcees, but I mean, okay, so I don't understand this fascination, and I think in in some in actually South Asian culture, it's there as well. A lot of people mm-hmm. look down upon if you've been divorced and that's a red flag, like something's wrong with this person. Something is not able to keep up the marriage. Therefore it's almost like saying you don't deserve a second chance. Yeah. Like I don't have a scarlet letter. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what we talked about in our previous conversation about this. We were talking about how it's like walking around with a scarlet letter. So exactly Mike, that's exactly what it is. And again, I think it becomes the whole, the notion or assumptions of why did that marriage not work you know are you hard to get along with did you cheat on somebody uh you know this sort of thing and divorce comes with such a negative connotation that automatically the mindset goes to okay there like you say sauna there's something wrong with this person yeah mm-hmm. yeah um and it, did you have anything else to add in terms of what i learned from that or like it was a good answer, though. I really uh, um, to kind of to recap. You said that it uh, it to- allowed you to look into what you don't want in a partner, mainly, yeah. I think which is a great lesson. Yes, right? I think because with my like I said, I didn't have any. I just as long as, long as someone like because I I struggled with my self esteem as well when I was growing up too. And girls weren't as into me as they are now to some degree. So and I wasn't <laughs> confident or comfortable with my skin back then either. So yeah. I didn't really. I just wanted attention. Yeah. And I just wanted to be in a relationship and she was that. So I dated her. Yeah. But I didn't, again, we, there was no feeling out period. There was no courting period. There was no getting to know mm-hmm. her. Whereas now I'm a little bit more methodical where now girls hate it because I take my time getting <laughs> to know someone and I don't rush into meeting up or hanging out or yeah. let's say hooking up or any of that stuff. I, yeah. And girls can't, some girls don't like that. Some girls respect that, but then a lot of girls don't because they're like, they want, what are we, where do we stand, Michael? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I stand right here. You stand over there. That's where we stand. I'm standing. I'm right. standing. I'm standing. Just, I'm standing my ass stand over here. So yeah, just I think that's just the biggest thing that I kind of took from it in terms of marriage. So okay. Um, how about you, um, Andrew? What, what what would you say would be lessons that you learned from your marriage? Uh, the two that first come to mind. Um, number one, I am a lot more outspoken and the things I want and what I'm willing to put up with. Um, Of course, I've always been just a very quiet, uh, shy person. So, and I don't like conflict. So, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why she and I never thought, not only did we respect each other a lot, but also um, I would just kind of do what I could to avoid that sort of thing. And that's not about giving in or being a pushover or a doormat or anything. That's more or less trying to find the easiest way to the solution if there was conflict. Mm-hmm. rather than keep fighting each other over it. And if that meant sacrificing a little bit, I'd look at the big picture and say, well, you know, what, how big of a sacrifice is this? Is really that big of a deal? And if it wasn't, then, hey, easy enough to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I also learned from that, you know, it's okay to stand up on my own two feet and voice what I like and what I don't like, how I feel and, and, uh, and, and that sort of thing. Um, whereas I struggled with that for most of the marriage and again, nothing against her. That was all on me just because I was a very sheltered and shy person and I am very quiet and withdrawn and, and I don't like to engage in, in this sort of, uh, com- combative activity. The other thing that I learned from it or what I got out of this marriage is um, I learned how strong I really am. Mm. Uh, You know, I've been through enough stuff in my life that I knew I was a strong person. But of course, this was the worst thing that I had ever dealt with at that point. And it was hard for me to get through that. But when I was able to get through that and get to that point where I thought, no, I deserve better than this. And I'm not going to allow this person to uh, take the power over where my life, I'm going to stand on my own two feet again and uh, move on and move forward and not let it change who I am or what I do, uh, then I realized, okay, you know what? There's a lot more strength in there than I even thought I had. <laughs> and uh, so that's helped me to, to face adversity moving forward uh, with a better sense of understanding of what I can accomplish, what I can handle, and how I can get over things. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm so happy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, those were some really excellent, uh, I sound like a teacher. Those were some excellent points. I A plus for that. Um, but I really mean it like genuinely that those are some amazing life lessons that mm-hmm. I think um, all of us have. We learn it in one way or another. And, and, you know, as hurtful as it may be, uh, it, any, any um, loss is, is a huge uh opportunity for growth and learning so uh, i'm happy to hear that you know thank you and thank you for giving me the first a plus i've ever earned in my life (laughs) (laughs) a plus plus for you (laughs) um it um i I think my my answer is kind of a combination of what both of you said right it's uh i absolutely found out what i don't want in a partner right so i would say my deal breakers are my non-negotiables uh so i'm the kind of i'm very easygoing and i don't even think i have a very high standard um after i started talking to my male friends or other friends around me it doesn't matter their gender i start noticing what they want but also what they're experiencing out in the dating world, what people want of them. Oh. And only that's when I realized, oh my gosh, I have no standards. <laughs> like I have no standards. So I did some soul searching <laughs> and, and I like, I, I wrote down the things that I wanted, you know, I, and I think the, the separation, the divorce allowed me to really look, I was already a very introspective, intuitive person. Right. And it's not that I love conflict, by the way. Nobody likes conflict. (laughs) But I'm a mediator at heart, like a natural. I grew up around a lot of conflict and therefore always assumed a mediating position. So that was one of my strengths. And a lot of my, some some people that knew me encouraged me to, you know, go to law school, become a lawyer. I'm like, no, I don't want that. I I don't like that. I don't like that environment. But what I bring to my relationship is that mediator person to say you can work through anything and i think i andrew you mentioned it like as long as there's a solution with it right um i run out of patience and what i find in certain people and partners is that you don't try yeah it's being clearly communicated to you what's wrong a solutions have been presented but there's no will to try and until 
I don't even think I care about how intelligent a person is or if they have a degree, whatever. Like I've heard many women uh, define their standards and that's okay. You can have your standards. I'm going to just argue if I had to just convince someone, let's say if I had a good, good hearted person and I was trying to set them up, I would say this person's a hard worker. That's all that matters in life. It doesn't matter how smart you are. If you work hard, you have the will. That will is more powerful than people realize. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that will can get you places that intelligence alone can't. It's all I you can have the intelligence and not have the will and still be this really smart person who's not doing much with their life. Right. Um but anyway, so I I realized quickly that it's it's what I, what I like about in a partner. Um but also um yeah, so my I realize like everyone's gonna always have fights, um, and it's about what I want to fight about. Right. Mm. So my non-negotiables are gonna be the things that I are worth fighting about versus the things I want to fight very little. You know, uh, I don't want to. So certain values. So I had to really define my values and see what I like, uh, and really, really take time with that, um, and also appreciate. Um, I guess appreciate <laughs> this appreciation grew from my ex-spouse because being a passive person um, also I guess therapy because I was pushing there was some depression mental illness involved okay. when I say mental and I mean depression yeah but no therapy was ever taken for gotcha. that mm -hmm. so I had personally so I, if, if I had to if a person hasn't taken charge of their mental health, mm -hmm. um, I think that's a terrible position to go into dating now because oh, yeah. I think one needs to be mentally strong and tough and have that support network. And again, some people get it through friends, some people mm -hmm. get it through family, some get it through other community support groups. But if, but for most of us, we'd have to go to a therapist yeah. and talk to about all of our issues. And if one hasn't done that, then yeah. the focus is on the partner. And you know what mm -hmm. I do in one of my relationships? Mm -hmm. I end up being the therapist. Mm. And I, I hate that. And I, I realized that, okay, I don't, I don't think I want that. It'd be nice to have someone who had, have their, you know, uh, raspberries together. <laughs> I'm trying, we're not trying not to swear. Um, but it, yeah, anyway, that, that's what I learned uh, um, from the relationships and also to, yeah, it, it's very hard. It's very hard. Um I think this is a this is this is the bread and butter or the asparagus and corn of our conversation, this is, right? This is the crux of it right here. Um, and uh, and it's it's funny. I was watching Indian Matchmaker on Netflix. <laughs> oh my god! There's this new show called Indian Matchmaker, and basically, <laughs> you have this top matchmaker in Mumbai, and she basically has setups. This is like Indian culture, so okay. I'm not familiar with this. Gotcha. But they have these things called biodatas. Biodatas is essentially like a resume. Right. So people give their bio data to the matchmaker. It has a picture. It has all the specifications as in your height, your education. For some reason, height is very important, very important in Indian culture. Um, oh, snap. <laughs> so your, your education, your profession, your height, your religion and your age, your birth date. And then it also has a little bit, you know, about what you like, what you want in a partner, your hobbies. But also, I think in Indian culture, there's some astrology, astrology involved. Yeah. So they have to do some calculations with numerologists and astrologer, astrologers to make sure your stars align. Oh, wow. Anyway, so you have all these biodatas that have considered that because the matchmaker will only give you the biodatas of the ones that the stars have aligned. Right. Wow. And 
<laughs> and then you intense. meet and then you meet these people, right? And the thing is she gets the person to um one person at a time. So let's say Andrew, if you signed up for this matchmaker and she's gonna give you like three bio data's and she's like, Andrew, pick one and meet that person. So you're gonna only have to pick one and then no meet pressure. that person. And then when you meet that person, you know, and so it was really interesting. One person was, you know, had their own business and were very modern. And so this matchmaker acknowledged that she was traditional in that she looks at what parents want, obviously, in Indian culture. But she connected her to someone that was non-traditional. And so she can find a more progressive match for her. And when she met this person, they had a good date. And later on, their friend told them, oh, by the way, I Googled this person up. They were divorced. And this person's like, oh, oh my gosh, how dare. They didn't tell me. They didn't, the matchmaker did not tell me that this person was a divorce. They're lying to me. That's totally bad. Okay, wow. so my reaction to this was, whoa, whoa, hold on. Um, first of all, obviously, you're entitled to feel how you feel. But hear me out. Like, this is my opinion. My opinion is, number one, why does it matter if they're divorced? Number two, um, they could have told you later. It's not a conversation that you could have had when you're meeting someone. First day. Yeah. Tell me about your marital status right now. Well, it's like asking, um, <laughs> oh, can you tell me um, how many people you've dated and why with. did you broke up? Uh, and yeah, it's it's like basically going over that history. It's a stupid, I hate that question that I do slept with. Oh my, that's, that's so personal. I've been asked that question. That is so personal. It annoys my soul being asked that question. It's so stupid. I I don't care how many people you still, I'm going to assume that you're not a virgin, which is fine. I don't care. But like my, for example, my ex-wife. Okay. So I'm going to share this story. So my ex. No two personal details to reveal identities. Yeah. Yeah. So my ex-wife, when we first started dating, Mm -hmm. we were sitting, we're watching TV. So she decides to ask me, so I'm like, how many people have you slept with? So she uh-huh. was being nosy. So at the time, I said eight. Because at the time, I only slept with eight people, including her. Mm-hmm. So then I asked her the same question. She had to pause, count her fingers and damn near her toes. <laughs> and then she said, 30, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> 30, and I, I gave think. her the look like, <laughs> What? And then she changed the subject and she tried arguing about something else. Because no, she tried to bring it up because she wanted to try to find something to fight with me about. Oh no. And then so that's why at that point I don't I never have nor will I ever ask how many people you slept with. If you decide to volunteer that information, that's your business. I don't care. I think the core issue here is like, why am I asking that question? What's (laughs) behind this, right? Why do I need to know? What is the rationale? Exactly. Like, is there a purpose behind it? Do I, oh, how many people, how um, loose are you? How many, you know, like, what are your moral? Like, I don't care. Like, who cares about that? Like, even with the divorce, like, that's not an indictment on me in terms of, like, sometimes marriages don't work. Yeah. That happens. I know people have this false sense of relationships and marriages thinking that as soon as you get married, you're supposed to be together forever and you can't split and you're going to be <laughs> riding off in the sunset like in coming to America and stuff. You know, that's a great movie, by the way. I love that movie. Money movie. <laughs> oh, but that's not reality. Sorry, people. And I'm not trying to say it to be like a like a Debbie Downer or whatever. I'm just saying that's just not how relationships function for the most part. There's yeah. arguments, there's fights. Thing, and sometimes you can argue and fight and you can work through those things. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you argue and fight, can't work through those things. Yeah. It's not, you know, and that's just what it was. And I just felt like 
to Andrew's point, which you, and you guys mentioned in your in your first pod about just being like a Scarletta. That's how I felt for like the first year and a half. So it was got to a point where I almost didn't want to tell anyone I was divorced because mm. I'm like, I don't want to have this vibe. Her vibe for three it's weeks. It's almost like someone's a, like going to you're in a deposition. Yeah, like I feel like I'm <laughs> I killed somebody and they're like it's like testifying for the grand jury or something. Like someone's I don't like pull out their case, put on their glasses. Mm. Like wait, wait, what, what did you say? Hold on, I need to now yeah. interrogate. And I didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. I, for about mm-hmm. six, seven months, I didn't tell any, I, any girl I was talking to. I, if, if things progressed, I would tell them, but normally I didn't tell them right away. So That's our time. That's the hour mark. Uh, but it's okay. We actually got through a lot of the things we wanted to. But and this is a great conversation. Yeah. No, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward. Have you ever, did you feel that you were uh, discriminated because you were a divorcee? Um, in terms of the the dating world, or in terms yeah. of just in yeah. general, dating well, I didn't. I didn't really. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really date a lot after that. To tell you the truth, um, you know, I was open to it for a while. Then I was closed to it. Then I was open to it. Then I was closed to it. <laughs> and then finally, I just made that decision. I said, you know what, I'm better off on my own. I'm okay with this. I don't need this uh, aggravation or this pain or all the complexities or, or anything. And then, damn it, doesn't a wonderful woman just walk into my life and uh, change all that? Um, and so I haven't experienced that where I've been interrogated, like how many people have you slept with? How often have you been married? You know, this sort of thing, um, which is great. Uh, I've been very lucky in that sense. Um, <laughs> and I, and I agree. I think that's the most ridiculous question asking how many people you slept with. I think the only time it's relevant is if, um, you know, you say, what did you do for, you know, what do you do for a living? And they said, well, I'm a prostitute. Then you might want to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. other than that, forget yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Do you have protection? Do you wear protection? Like, you know, what's going on? It's almost like a, it reminds me of, um, it's like employers asking or or someone saying, wait, wait a minute. You, you mean to tell me that you had more than one job in your life? (laughs) Really? Like, Mm -hmm. I can't do this. I'm sorry. You've had how many jobs? It's as ridiculous as that. You have had eight jobs in the (laughs) field? (laughs) Cannot, you cannot move forward. Some people actually um, judge people on that itself, right? And and, and the fact that, whoa, you don't have financial stability. But if you know anything about the labor market and how the working world has changed, you would understand that jobs don't last forever. People always change. Values change, circumstances change. One, try, one girl tried to do that with me, actually. I, I remember. I think we were working together at yeah, the time. Yeah, we were working together, and I told you the story about this girl. She didn't want to date me anymore because your job is ending, and I would be so worried. I'm like, you're not worried. I mean, why would you be worried about my job security? It's not like, gonna be, are you going to be giving me money? Yeah. Like, you're not my mom. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Like, yeah. I, I am a grown adult. I can cook. I can clean. I can pay <laughs> bills. I can take care of myself last I checked. I can do laundry. Yeah. For it. I, you know, so, but I just felt like she wanted an out. And that was the only, I guess, rational excuse that she can come up with that she may thought made. I don't, but again, I don't, what I realized too, because a lot of women would give me a lot of different reasons why they didn't want to talk to me. Some of because of the divorce. And the rational, the reasons made no sense. Hmm. Like a logical person would look at that and be like, you just don't want to talk to me. <laughs> Can you just say that you don't want to talk Let's to say, me? Like, I, I'm good with just that. Just be honest. I'm fine with it. Listen, yeah. I, that, I, and again, dating, you know, Andrew has not experienced it, which is good. You've dodged a bullet, my friend. Um, it's a minefield. Neither have I. I've not dated. Very good. High fives. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm still kind of in it. It's, it's, it's a lot trickier now. 
Yeah. Even more so than in 2015 when I first played. It's just a lot it's different. It's, it's it's more it's difficult now because I think a lot of people don't know what they really want. And a lot of people are coming into they've just left relationships and they're kind of damaged and they're like, I need to heal. So I'll go on a dating app and I'll just see what happens. <laughs> like they're yeah. scratching like they're buying a lotto ticket, trying to hope they win something. <laughs> you know, and I think that's just kind of the nature of what it's become now. But I mean, in terms of I guess the one question I think you said, uh, in terms of marrying again, because I've always been asked Would this question. you marry again? I've been asked this question for me, Dan. So I'm glad that, <laughs> that was the next I can, question. <laughs> I'm going to clear. So I'll clarify this now. I would, yes, I would get married again if the opportunity presented itself. The difference is when I got married, and I think similar to your situation, Sana, um, she had brought it up in terms of being married. I right. wasn't really ready for marriage. Right. So the only reason why I got married is because I felt like that's what she wanted. That's what I had to do. I was yeah. like, oh, she wants to get married now? Okay, uh, I guess I got to go to People's and get a ring now. So that was kind of my rationale. I think now if I was to get married, yeah, it would be because me and this girl, we built something solid. I feel comfortable with her. I'm ready to move forward. I am not. And that's another thing I want to say, because everyone has this assumption that because you've been divorced, you'll never get married again because marriage is so <laughs> terrible for you. So you just swear off marriage. Parallel this to the employment world. It's like you got fired. You'll never be able to find a job again. How ridiculous does that sound? It's the same logic here. Yeah, it's the stupid. It's, it's dumb. Yes, I would get married again. It's not like, oh, my God, marriage is so poor. No, marriage can be great. Mm-hmm. You know, if you find the right person, marriage can be awesome. Yeah. You know, you just have to find the right person. That's And that's the hard part in itself is finding the right person. So speaking of finding the right person, like, again, it's, it's the, I would challenge the ideology of perfection that most people have when they go into the mindset, you know, yes. into date the dating world. Absolutely. Right. It's like, I'm looking for this person to check, 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 and uh, meet all these boxes. And, and, and we're going to have a happily ever after. It's almost this, it's. It's almost like someone saying, I don't even want any conflict, knowing very well that all relationships will have conflict, right? It's like, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's like saying, you know, I, I live in a fictitious fantasy world where it's just sunshines, rainbows and lollipops. Like, I, I think conflict resolution is one thing that I think I learned the biggest lesson for me in terms of uh, understanding is how to love. Loving is a skill, right? There's two mm. skills. Being loved is a skill and loving is a skill. Yes. They're very different skills, but it taught me so much. And, and yeah, I think uh, people assume that about me and say, well, you know, you, you've been married. So you never want to marry him. I'm like, wait, hold a minute. Who did I that? say, yeah, wait, when did I say that? Who said that? I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> I think in the beginning I may have uttered it in a, in a, in an emotional rampage, like, perhaps over over a, an alcoholic <laughs> beverage. I may have shed a tear and be like, I don't think I can marry again. So I think maybe once upon a time when, when the wound was fresh, I may have uttered those phrases. But I think now, you know, wounds have healed. I I think all three of us have had chance to, in terms of be introspective yeah. and look into inwards, look at what we want, how we are, and, and actually be motivated by love rather than by fear. Mm, yes. Right? So am I, so if I was divorced, I would then be thinking of the future divorce. So if that also gives a reflection on your partner, right? Your potential partner, if they're, if their concern is that divorce and they're motivated by fear, (laughs) right? It's not coming from a place of love because for me to try again means that I'm, Hey, I know life isn't perfect. I know things don't work out. Sometimes you have to bow down and go out your separate ways but I'm going to try again. And that's something very beautiful to say that I'm open to love. I'm still open to it. And goodness, I learned so much. I grew up so much 
<laughs> I'm a late bloomer, super late bloomer. Me too. I'm still um, growing. I'm still growing up. Yeah, it's 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 it never changes. Like Peter I don't Pan almost. Well, here's the thing: you never learn everything. No. Right. You, you, no. The minute you think that you've stopped learning is, I think, when we die. Um, yeah. Like literally speaking, is no. when, that's when we stop learning. No, but if right. you think that you've learned everything, you've severely limited your growth and potential to grow to just be be a human being because we're continuously changing and evolving. But before I continue on this enormous rant, um, Andrew, um, would you uh, marry again? <laughs> would you ever get married? This is the proposal. <laughs> we we're here first, people. <laughs> All right. No. Um, if she has to be the right one, but yeah. 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 She has to, she has to definitely check all the, uh, the essential boxes. I'm not going to say every box on the list because that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the ones that are the meaningful the most to me and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. That's great. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh... And by the way, I don't know if this is wrong to say, but I love that you were saying earlier that, uh, you know, having a little bit of alcohol will, uh, you know, you flirted something about, you know, not wanting to marry again. Yeah. Uh, and it just, I, I love that drinking alcohol turns you into an old Jewish man. I don't want to, I don't want to get married again. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> oh my goodness. My impressions of myself are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, Andrew, you're the second person to call me out on it. Um, the first time I was talking to my best friend on the phone, and this is again after my marriage, I met this amazing soul, amazing individual, and like I'm so close to this person. But we're 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 on the phone, we're talking, and I did an impression of myself, and then he said, "Oh, so you turn into a man every Friday nights?" I was like, "Wait, what? What did you say?" And he was just like calling out. It was really funny. For that me. was funny. But, yeah, funny. I I turn into all kinds of people when I do an impression. Yeah. can we do a podcast on that alone yeah i'd love to hear you talk for an hour doing an impression of yourself sauna and her personality Mm -hmm. it's like split but just Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the dark side of me 24 different personalities um well thank you so much uh mike and andrew for joining you're Um, very welcome my pleasure i think this was a good one i think the avengers Oh, yeah. I, I think that's where that's your chant. <laughs> but no, I think it's I think it's good. I think this is a topic that is like almost taboo, and people kind of talk about it privately. Yeah, it's very rare that people are open and honest about the marriages in terms of what happened, whatever, and then how they're dealing with it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a scarlet letter. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to be divorced. And yeah. I don't. I mean, and I think when I was before, I delayed the divorce because I was afraid of what people would think. I was afraid of what my family would think. I was afraid of what her family would think what she would think yeah so there was a lot of that fear but actually once i did it and i got in the process i was elated yeah once i got divorced and i was it was probably the best thing that i could have done for me and looking back i don't like i said i don't have any regrets so that's awesome that's a very healthy and good attitude you know and no regrets no regrets and that's how i feel too uh absolutely no regrets if you know, people always ask me, could you, would you go back in time and not do this? And I'm like, no, no absolutely not. My ex-spouse taught me so much about love and love, what it is means to be loved and yeah. the act of loving itself. And, and I have him to thank for, and I wouldn't change a single thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd be as strong as I am as if I didn't. And actually my one sister on um, BC, she actually was surprised. I told her I was splitting from my ex. She was actually like, honestly, really, Michael, I never thought she would. Wow. 
she just never thought I would split with her. She thought like, no, she just never thought I would. So when I told her, she was like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm done. And she was like, oh. And she just, and she was so happy too. So my family was pretty happy too. So That's dodge funny. that bullet too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, and thank you, Andrew, for, for sharing your wonderful um, insight. And mm-hmm. uh, I think you're, you're very, you're just very eloquent yes. in the way you um, tell your story and, and the way you narrate your life and your lessons. And, and thank you so much for sharing. And I know it takes a lot of courage, especially you know, yeah. you mentioned that you're very reserved and you're not very extroverted. So even coming from that point, I thank you for, for delving into this again with me. <laughs> well, thank you for the very kind words. And uh, this is this is amazing. I love talking about uh, these kinds of things, uh, whether it's, you know, just an overall discussion about it or whether we're getting deep into it in our own personal lives I I, you know I agree with both of you Um, I got so much out of my marriage Uh, she loved me in a time when I didn't think I was worth loving Mm -hmm. and it showed me that I was worth loving and uh, you know no matter how it ended again it was an amazing story uh, wonderful memories and I got so much out of it in return and again to echo uh, what Mike had said as well um, you know I I grew so much from that. I'm stronger. And uh, again, like you said, Sana, the moment you think you know everything, it's over. And, uh, you know, from these uh, experiences, we just gained so much knowledge and experience and uh, never stop learning. Yeah. Thank you. What a beautiful note to end on. Uh I shan't uh, tarnish it further by (laughs) blabbering as I am doing right now. So anyway, um, wonderful, wonderful words to end that. Um, thank you so much once again, Andrew and Mike, for joining. Uh, you can find this podcast on my website, www.aartysana.com, artisana.com, under the podcast section. Similarly, you can uh, check the local podcast channel that you're subscribed to. I'm, I've signed up for many, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify titled Sana Talks to People and Sometimes Yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for joining. 